Amen. Y'all can have a seat. Thankful to our worship team again. And, you know, as I was singing, and I was singing, I was thinking about the passage we're about to read. And you can turn to it, John chapter 20. John 20, we'll read verses 19 through 23. But in this passage, you'll see that Jesus says to Thomas, you believe as you see, and blessed are those who believe and who do not see. And so he's actually talking, you know, about us. Because we don't see Jesus. And that's what that song was talking about. That having that belief, having that uh, knowledge even, we can rest in that. Uh, and I would like to ask you a question. Do you, do you rest in that? Do you rest in what we just sang about? Were you checked in or were you checked out? Uh, look, I know, and not putting anything on you, I, I know for me I can rest in a lot of other things. And I can also be checked out often. But what we're saying is the truth. And let me say, it's the only true truth in this life, in eternal life. And so there are a lot of distractions. There are a world of distractions. Uh, and the, the devil leverages those distractions. But we can rest in that knowledge of truth. So John 20, we're going to read 19 through 23. Uh, before we do that, though, so we're doing a really short series Three Sundays on, uh, on rest. Rest. Rest is something we all need. Amen? Amen? Okay. Uh, rest is also what Christianity is. Amen? Amen? You may be like, what? Christianity is, I thought Christ- Christianity is about rest because Jesus did it. We, we, do, nothing, we do nothing to save ourselves. You're like, well, I mean, you've got you to believe. Well, actually, you've got to receive. God does the work. We receive it. God's actually reaching out to you right now. You just receive Him. That's salvation. Receive Christ. And I'm also tying this, uh, this couple, couple weeks series to rest. Uh, let me say this. So, to, because it's where the Lord is really moving me, in my heart, in my life. Uh, many of you know, probably just about everybody uh, at this point, and I've talked about it some, talked about a lot in meetings and one-to-one. But so, I am, we are, our family is taking a sabbatical this summer. Uh, so that means uh, you won't be seeing much of me. Uh, amen? Amen? <laughs> there you go. And I won't be seeing much of you. No. Um, so I am very blessed uh, by this church in that uh, we've been talking about this for three years, honestly. Uh, you know, we planted this church uh, nine years ago. Uh, we're going to come up on a decade, and actually we have plans I am coming back, okay, and have plans for the fall of the next year to celebrate uh, 10 years where the Lord has been working in this church in your lives, 10 years. Actually, all of next school year, we have a lot of things planned. be asking a lot of y'all to share how the Lord has worked, uh, and you may be, have been here like Carmen in that, some of those first meetings in the old office, or you may be here just since we've come into, into this building. But anyway, looking at that, uh, we have been talking about this over the last three years, kind of planning, and I'm very thankful that the Lord has orchestrated uh, both lay leadership, and lay means non-staff, and staff leadership, uh, where this could happen. And what I mean is, uh, I'm not worried about Sunday mornings, Uh, they're covered, 
you know, Chris will be preaching a fair bit. Uh, I have Nettie Winters, uh, whom you all have seen, and a close friend coming in. And so, you know, Sundays will, Sundays will be blessed, and the Lord will work. Uh, also, we have staff, but, but more than that, uh, our deacons uh, are really handling uh, a lot more. Uh, and our elders, uh, Chris, who I mentioned, and, and David Carroll. All I'd say is it takes time to, to put that together. And the Lord's blessed us by saying, you know, this is, what, it, it ain't our church. And, you know, I've learned I need to rest in that. I mean, it's the Lord's church. And the Lord's going to do what the Lord wants to do, I mean, with or without me. Whether he calls me home or sends me elsewhere. And I'm not looking to go elsewhere. But I say all that because to actually do that, um, uh, it, it takes me, it, it takes me considerable effort to actually rest in the Lord, and to know, like, hey man, look, and if y'all who know me, <laughs> control freak, amen. I know, I mean, <laughs> you know, I mean, let go, check out a little bit. Um, now that doesn't mean we're going to be like totally gone. We'll be in and out here. Uh, I am still. Coaching my son's baseball team to my wife's chagrin. <laughs> Although that may end after today when we have Sunday games. Uh, amen? Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, so, but I say all that using me, but also prepping you all too, is that uh, sometimes we, look, one, the Lord says fast from everything except sleep. Two, the Lord incorporates Sabbath into our weeks into actual creation and nature, uh, the land, the creation rests. And a lot of us, a lot of y'all, I know me, <laughs> you know, just need to rest. And that doesn't mean sleep, but it does mean, like, rest in the Lord. And one other caveat here, this doesn't mean that, like, we're hitting the panic button on marriage, okay? And it doesn't mean I'm buying a ticket to Whitfield, okay, one way or something like that. That's not, that's not where things stand, but it does mean that uh, you know, the Lord gives, uh, gives Sabbath, and, um, and we should all take it. And that can be a weekly one. That can be a, uh, sometimes it's a seasonal one. So you'll hear more next week, because actually next week will be the last Sunday I preach for a little bit, and we'll share more. But more importantly than that is the Word of God. So John 20, 19 through 23. Let's hear the Word of our Lord. On the evening of that day... The first, oh, excuse me, actually, just totally off there. Verse 24, we hit 19 last week. Verse 24, now Thomas, one of the twelve, called the twin, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, we have seen the Lord. But he said to them, unless I see in his hands the mark of the nails and place my finger into the mark of the nails and place my hand into his side, I will never believe. Eight days later, his disciples were inside again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands, and put out your hand and place it in my side. Do not disbelieve, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of the disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. 
I love how that last song, if you listen, if you're checked in, ties to God's word, believing. These are written. This book is written. It is a book. It does require reading. So that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God. And that by believing, not doing, believing, you may have life in his name. Talk today about rest. Rest today is knowing. Rest is, is knowing. Now, we, uh, we say some things are true, but then we actually consider other things true truths. Let me say what I mean by that. Uh, we would believe, if we're Christian, that uh, Jesus was born of the Virgin Mary, that she was a virgin, immaculate conception. So if we're Christian, often we'll say, I mean, that's true. I, I believe that it's true. But a true truth would be gravity for us, you know? I mean, we can kind of often believe more in gravity than that Jesus was born of a virgin. You're like, I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, you do. We base our lives around gravity. We don't base our lives around the virgin birth or the resurrection. We should, okay, because that's the truest truth. But we often base our lives around what seems or is or feels real to us in the here and now. I say all that to talk about rest is knowing. Like if we know what we're just saying, Conceived by the Holy Spirit, born Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day he rose from the dead. We know that. We believe that. We can rest in that. That's what, that's what happened. That is salvation. That is life. And I love this passage because it focuses on Thomas. And I don't know if y'all know a lot about Thomas, but Thomas, I'd love Thomas. I mean, like, he, he's that type that just questions everything. I mean, you know, I mean, I love saying, you know, the contrarian point of view, but just always contrarian. I mean, he's here. He's like, you know, I'm not going to believe unless uh, I can relate to Thomas. Probably a lot of us can relate to Thomas. John throws Thomas in here. You know, I don't know if he's like trying to make an example of him or if like they had a clash or butted heads. But, you know, he doesn't come across initially too favorably. And, you know, Thomas says, I'm not going to believe unless I see him. And he sees him doubting Thomas. And then he believes. What's interesting, and John actually gives Thomas a lot of love right here in verse 28. The only time in the New Testament that Jesus called my Lord and my God. Often he's called Lord Jesus Christ. Often he's called God. Only time is both attributed to Thomas. So he has some redemption there. And the other thing that's interesting to note is that uh, word Lord there, that translation is Yahweh. Yahweh was the name of God in Exodus on Mount Sinai, my Lord and my God. Do you know that? Do you believe that? Can you rest in that? If you're like me, like, I'd rather rest in baseball. That is, uh, it's not the true thing. It's not the true life. So the Lord wrestles with us in it. We have seniors here today. We have a few at least. Seniors are graduating, coming up. One word that I would like to tie to this for you seniors here, and we're going to recognize at the end of the service, is uh, hear me on this if you hear nothing else. There are no little people and there are no little places. 
Uh, now, some of you, or maybe all of you, are like, man, I know that. <laughs> I ain't no little person. I ain't living in no little place. Well, then I would say, you know, you may be cocky without a reason. Truthfully, okay? Really, you might need to hear that. But for some of us that suffer with insecurity, and actually those that might say that probably suffer from insecurity, but just never, ever show it. There are no little people and there are no little places in the Christian life. How does this connect to Thomas? Well, you hardly ever see Thomas up to this point, you know. And then all of a sudden he pokes his head out and here he is in this scene. And, uh, you know, he, he wouldn't be like the top three disciples, Peter, James, and John. But there are no, in the Christian life, there are no little people. There are no little places. I think back, you know, going to the Lord and Yahweh, Moses, Mount Sinai. I think about, get this, Moses' staff, okay? You know, if you've seen the old movie, The Ten Commandments, which is a great movie, or if you've read Exodus, God always says, use your staff. What's the staff? Staff is a dead piece of wood. But God says, throw your staff down, and it became a snake, which is a little weird to me, but you know, that's, that's God's call. Then the other magicians throw their staff down, and then Moses' snake eats the other ones, okay? God says, when they're facing the Red Sea, the Egyptians are behind them. He says, Moses, raise up your staff, and the seas are parted. Israelites are thirsty. God says, Moses, hit, your rock, hit this rock with your staff. And Moses hits the rock with his staff. My point in all this, it's a staff, you know? It's a dead piece of wood. And tying to the other song that bones will sing, you may think your life is dead and you're still alive. You may think your gifts are dead. You may just, you may just feel like, hey, I'm, I am really, and I would never, ever show it a little person, and I am in a little place. There are no little people. There are no little places. Seniors, adults, infants in Christ. God can use a staff. He can use you. He can part seas with a staff. He uses you. And I say this to Thomas because, you know, Thomas ended up going further than any disciple. True story. He ended up landing in India. He was martyred in India. People came to Christ. Churches were started in India. I mean, other disciples went around Israel and into Europe. He went the farthest. Doubting, contrarian, skeptical, third-tier disciple Thomas went the furthest. No little people, no little places. But you got to know. You got to believe. And in that belief, we can rest. I want to say something else. I want to talk about knowing in chaos. Because here, I mean, this is, this is good and, you know, you're sent. But especially to you seniors and graduating, there's going to be chaotic times in life. So you may be facing a chaotic time right now. And a passage that spoke to me this week, I was reading on it. Turn to Mark 4 real quick. Mark 4. So skip ahead. Actually, this is a good segue or entry. Uh, we're going to be hearing a lot from Mark. Uh, Mark 5, I believe Chris is preaching someone in the weeks to come. But I love this passage right before Mark 5. Mark 4, I'm going to read verse 35 through 41. I want to talk about knowing in chaos when times are chaotic. Some of you may be like, man, that's exactly what I need to hear uh, because I, I know that there is probably some chaos going on and you may be wanting to hide it. 
So verse 35, Jesus calms a storm. Is there a storm in your life? Do you need, you need to hear that word calm? Calm? Just that word brings rest. On that day when evening had come, he said to them, let us go across to the other side. And leaving the crowd, they took him with them in the boat just as he was. And other boats were with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves were breaking into the boat so that the boat was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on the cushion. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? And he awoke and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. He said to them, Why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? And they were filled with great fear and said to one another, Who then is this that even the wind and the sea obey him? So Jesus calms a storm, but he actually is rebuking the disciples. Now, I'm not a sailor. I get seasick. Uh, some of you may have been, have been on the sea or a lake when a storm comes up. It may have gotten crazy. It may get chaotic. But, but right here, you know, the, the disciples were, were very, very afraid. And, I mean, so afraid they were trying to wake Jesus, and he was just chilling, and, I mean, he was resting. He was literally asleep. But he says, why are you so afraid? Have you still no faith? Directly tied to John 20. Belief. Blessed are those who believe and do not see. The disciples did not see how the storm would be calmed, how the chaos would stop. And I think that's where many of us can be. We don't see... I believe that, God, but we don't see how either God uses the chaos or how the storms of life will be calmed. Let me give you a story, an illustration. And something, this is something that happened to me this week, have not been through, but let me say this, if you're here and you're a veteran, I have a great uh, deal of appreciation for you already. I have a lot more uh, now after this week, and so... And I would ask you veterans, if you're here, please indulge me in this, what I'm about to share. Uh, it means no disrespect, because what I went through this week is just a, a .01% of what some of our soldiers and infantrymen went to. Now, some of, some of you are like, I'm serious. Some of you are like, Lynn's like, oh, my God. Anyway, some of you are like, oh, what's this about? Okay, so I, uh, I'm in this pastor's group of six of us. And uh, we were up in North Carolina this week, and the pastor mentor who's shepherding us brought in a special forces dude uh, to give us some training. Because, I mean, you know, pastors, I mean, we need special forces training, right? You know? <laughs> and what he did was we spent a day, first we shot a lot, and we shot like, you know, actually they said, you know, you, you may not need to, to post these pictures on Facebook. I was really wanting to, I mean, you know, like. Big stuff, big boy gun. And so we, we shot some. With, well, then the other half of the day, this special force guy, and I don't think he's a Christian, <laughs> and it's not just his language. I mean, some of his, uh, some of his sentiments. But good man and really respects what he's done, you know, fought for years, uh, come back. And so he's got a business, guns, and he set up a whole house that he uh, teaches teamwork. He'll take teams in through the house to sweep a room, or what he calls uh, CQB, Closed Quarters Battle, okay? And so it's a room, I mean, it's not like a, a real house, but I mean, boarded up where it's got like eight rooms, 
and hallways. And what he does is he'll teach the team first. So there's six of us. So it's a team of four that are like the good guys. And then he'll take two who are the bad guys and hide them in the house. And the goal is to, as a team, sweep every room uh, and kill the enemy. Okay? You're like, how do you kill the enemy? Well, you got machine guns. That's as easy as I can call it. I mean, real machine guns. Loaded. Uh, not real bullets. Uh, but uh, I just call them pellets. Uh, they do hurt. Uh, I got hit in the head. Blood was coming down. Okay? It's hit here, here, here. Got four, like, right through there. I mean, like, you know, I mean, you're shooting. And so you sweep. And that's why I say veterans, please in, indulge me, okay? But... You're sweeping each room, and so the bad guys are hidden out in different rooms, and, and they'll fire on you in a minute. Now, you are, you have some, some gear on, goggles, that's how I got hit in the head, because it can put out an eye, like literally. And so you're sweeping the rooms, okay. How it ties into chaos. So the last group uh, I was part of, team of four, and our, uh, our special forces teacher, he says, I'm going to change things up on this one, okay, and I'm going to probably give you some surprises and so as the team of four was going in the two bad guys the rule was if you shot the bad guy he said you're you're dead you're out you can't move around uh for us we weren't you know they, they'd shoot us and we had to keep moving that's why i got all the the wounds and they are <laughs> they're whelps they're wounds but this this last one he gave the bad guys the green light to if you're shot you're like dead in that room, but then you can move around you know, and, and sneak around and surprise us. So, so we were going through, and it basically just came to a moment, you know, we didn't know this, so we thought like we'd, we'd killed one, and then he came, it was like, whoa, I thought he was dead, and you know, what's going on there? Came a moment where, and, and this is what the special forces guy was trying to create, we wanted to create chaos and see how we handle it. And so, like three of us ran out of ammo, so I mean, we're shooting a lot. I mean, I mean, it's like, I mean, you know, and people getting hit and, you know, I mean, blood. And, I mean, it's, I mean, it's not BB guns. And it was awesome. I could do it like every day. I mean, seriously, why don't we stop it? And so in a moment, we're all in the room. And, you know, I mean, it was many, many like what the freak moments. Okay. I mean, seriously. And three of us are out of ammo. And they're coming around. They're just shooting at us. And they, <clears throat> anyway, so what do we do? We communicate some. We kind of get out of it. And we do a decent job. Here's my point in all this, okay? The next day we're talking, like, what can we learn as, as pastors from this? And I go over, and we go over in these, like, pastor conversations, God's word and prayer. Based in a life. On God's word and prayer. Let me say that again. Basing your life on prayer, God's word. I'm I'm not saying I do that all the time, okay? Here's my point. All of us are going to hit chaos, okay? When we're like, man, I thought I'd take care of this problem. Here it comes back again. Uh, Communication breaks down in teams and in relationships. Uh, I didn't know a situation was going to be like this. Chaos. Now, the special forces teacher trainer, he gave us like four steps to do, and I'm not going to repeat that because that was, it really didn't apply here. But it's like, you know, here's what you do in chaos, okay? But it's like tactical stuff. Now, my point is, often in life, chaos hits, 
storms hit. And we rely on what I call plan B. Plan B is, well, I have a conversation with that person. Yes. Well, let me, let me rely on the strengths and gifts God's given me. Uh, yes. Well, let me build the team better. Yes. You know, do all these things that you could learn from, you know, a leadership manual or one of the, you know, thousands of leadership books that are written. Yes. Plan A, though, is going to God's Word in prayer. I can't emphasize this enough, and I'm preaching to myself here, because I, I'm like a plan B guy. What's the next tactic to do to get it done? Like many of you. And so when chaos hits, if you want the calming, if you want the rest, what we have, what God has given us, is His Word and prayer. We have direct communication with the Creator and hopefully your Savior. He's given us His Word. And so in the chaos, do we go to Jesus? He calms the storm. Or do we rely on ourselves? One other passage I want to read to you. Just a couple minutes more. And this is in Colossians. Colossians 1. You can turn to it quickly. Colossians 1, verse 9 through 14. And I'm going to read this and then close with just a brief thought. But I can't, let me go back to I can't emphasize that enough. All of you, I think all of you, I, don't, I really don't know anyone that goes with that plan A first. I mean, I'm serious. And I'm, I'm thinking like Christians of the Christians. And so preaching myself, preaching to y'all, do, when the storm comes, when you want rest, do you go to his word and pray? And I mean like really pray. Prayer is work, by the way. It is work. It's not, it doesn't save you, but like it's intentional. I got to think, you know, and it does work. And I think if we know verse 9 through 14 here, we would go to his word and prayer more and more. We read it. So from the day we heard, we have not ceased to pray for you. Asking, look at this, that you may be filled with the knowledge. Knowledge, rest is knowing. Of his will, God's will. In all spiritual wisdom and understanding. So as to walk or to live in a manner worthy of the Lord that is pleasing to him, bearing fruit in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Rest is knowing. Being strengthened in storms, in chaos, with all power. That power only Comes through the church, but it really only comes through his word and prayer. According to his glorious might, which we see and know in his word and prayer, for all endurance in storms and chaos, and patience with joy, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified you who has bought you, who has purchased you with a price, who has qualified you, to share in the inheritance. We like that word on earth. We really don't think about it much when it comes to heavenly inheritance, which is a zillion times more. We love the word here on earth, the inheritance of the saints in light. What has he done for you? What should you know? What should you know? Verse 13, he has, if you're saved, and that is an if, He has delivered us from the domain of darkness 
Domain of darknesses can, can come packaged in a bow and white picket fences too, by the way. The domain of darkness and transferred us to the kingdom of his beloved son in whom, only in whom, we have redemption, the forgiveness of sins. Uh, if, if you know that, yeah, there's so much there that you can rest in. Uh, so much there that you could say, man, if it's that, it's that big, it's that powerful, I'll go to the Lord by his word and prayer. And yeah, I mean, I'll, he'll give me the tactics or I'll think about them, but that's, for, that's plan A. Last thing, last comment. For seniors again. You know, there are really three options of how you walk, how you live in life. You do the Lord's work by His way, you do the Lord's work by your way, or you do Satan's way. It's for seniors and all of us. What do you mean by that? First, Satan's way, that means you're not a Christian, you're in the domain of darkness, your father is the devil. That's not my opinion, that's what Scripture says. Okay? You're doing Satan's way, whether you realize it or not. It's, <laughs> it's the way it is. Now, Often we're saved, we can be a Christian, but you can do the Lord's work in your way. Uh, I have operated that way for many, many years. I'm not trying to confess here, but and it's, the difference is not doing the Lord's work in Satan's work. The difference is between the Lord's work in the Lord's way or the Lord's work in our way. Here's what I mean. You're a Christian, but you're really just relying on your gifts or your relationships or your you know, the contact list in your iPhone. And here's the thing, you can actually produce some fruit doing the Lord's work in your way. Uh, but ultimately, ultimately it's going to be stifled or you're going to trip up or, you know, you see this all the time. Unfortunately now pastors um, doing the Lord's work in their way and they fall either in pride, sex, or money. I just heard a story this week with these, you know, another dude in Memphis, not in Memphis, but Another dude, pastor, disqualified himself from ministry. Wasn't resting the Lord. Resting in his gifts. Or you do the Lord's work in the Lord's way. You're like, what's the Lord's work in the Lord's way? I go back to that. God's word, prayer. It's the only way that we're going to really access the Holy Spirit and, and rest. That, you know, we don't have to have the battle plan or the tactics. It's really simple and it's really clear. Go to God's word. Go to prayer. It's supernatural. The Holy Spirit will speak. Sometimes the Holy Spirit will say, do nothing. Sit now. Rest. So if you're looking for like an A, B, C, one, two, three, that's not the Lord's work. The Lord will speak to you. But I'm, I'm imploring you, seniors, young, wise, the way we're called to live that produces the most fruit, the Lord's work in His way. Like what's what? The Word and prayer. And the big difference, the big challenge is between the Lord's work in our way or the Lord's work in His way. It is so simple, seniors and everybody. God's given us this word. Seniors will be getting a Bible. Jesus has done it. He said it is finished. You rest in that. A lot of you are in chaos now. Go to His word and prayer. We'll be praying for you that you receive Him truly, really. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, man, I... I know there's some struggling folks here. And I know, because I've lived it, and just trying to do your work in our way. And I just pray that we would go to your word over and over again. And what that means is not like a chapter a day or two chapters a day. Sometimes it may just be a verse 
just meditate, just listen to your spirit. I just pray the people of Bellwether would, um, would know that and would rest in that, that your word gives answers, that going to you in prayer gives clarity for our life, for our decisions, for our times and seasons. I pray we all rest in you. That does mean being saved, but it also, for the saved, means that we trust you. Help us to trust you. In your name we pray. Amen.